Hey, I'm Ashley McGee. I'm a health coach, military officer, and military spouse. I'm passionate about helping military women live their happiest and most abundant lives by improving their health. If you're looking for actionable tips and tricks to get healthier while balancing your hectic life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. I'm Ashley McGee, and I am super excited to have with me Meg Reichert, who is going to be talking with us about hormones and food. So first, Meg, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy evening um, to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So to start <laughs> off, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. So um, like I said, I'm Meg. I am the owner of Sage and Time Wellness. We are a women family focused uh, wellness business. I am actually a military spouse, which is how I got to know Ashley. And I started out actually working with children in hospitals years ago. Um, and through a strange turn of events, ended up getting my master's in mental health counseling and really had a hard time transitioning um, into that field where my education had been focused so much in mental health and talk therapy. And the bulk of a lot of my clients really just wanted medication. And so during that time, I became really interested in my own health. I started wanting to focus on having a family. I hit that like zero metabolism stride that happens when you approach your 30s. And so, um, you know, that kind of hit me like a brick wall. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening with my body? So yeah, so really fell in love with the world of nutrition, obviously love fitness, ended up doing a small nutrition certification through Carrie Glassman, she's a well-known dietitian, and then ended up going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I really haven't looked back since. I tend to gobble up as much knowledge as I can and then somehow figure out how to just like word vomit it out to other people because I'm so excited about it. I'm I'm the same way. Um, <laughs> I was actually just having a conversation with my husband yesterday and he's like, I met this Marine that's like super into fitness and health. You will have loved him. He talked forever. I was like, I would have <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, man, I'm bummed I missed out. It's, it was wasted on you. Anyway. Um, yeah. So when it comes to health, I think people really overlook the power that like food has. I mean, so many people, I think, simplify it too far down to just, oh, it's calories in, calories out, but there's so much more to it. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So a couple of things that, uh, misnomers, if you will, that I try to explain to some of my clients when I first have them is calories in, calories out is great if you are an incredibly active person who's already incredibly mindful about the calories that they're intaking. Mm -hmm. um, I really like to say calories are not created equal. I could eat the same amount of calories in fruits, vegetables as I could in the Big Mac that's across the street. And I'm probably, my life expectancy is probably going to be significantly longer my health is going to be a lot better. So I really like to explain that. And then also the idea of just macro balancing. Um, I think that that type of 
lifestyle because I hate to call it a diet because I don't think that is a diet. I think it is strictly a lifestyle. It totally has its place and it used to work really, really well for me. I am a fan of the macro lifestyle, but I think that people who don't necessarily understand what those macronutrients and really micronutrients are have a hard time either adjusting to that type of lifestyle or truly understanding. You know, they're like, well, I'm getting too much fat. There's too much fat. We need fat, especially women. We need a lot of fat. It's not bad. It's not this evil thing that the diet industry has told us. Um, So really, I think I spend so much of my time debunking (laughs) food rules and rumors that people have. You know, it's, it's one of those things where people do super simplify it, and then they also overcomplicate it at the same time. One of my biggest things with my clients is making sure that we learn to listen to our body and we learn to recognize what our bodies need. And that touches on that topic of hormones, just because our our body has this great communication system and it's going to let you know what it needs when it needs it. And sometimes we're focusing too much on like, what is the nutrient breakdown of, you know, this bag of spinach with this almond butter smoothie or something, right? And we're not either taking the time to enjoy our food, and we're also not really understanding how everything that we're eating honors our body. So I guess that's kind of (laughs) my... Yeah, I mean, I... Philosophy. I I couldn't agree more, right? It is really interesting, um, especially with like the diet industry. All of these like food misnomers have been sold to people so they can be fed garbage with a bunch of like yes. addictive fillers and it's just like yes. no. <laughs> no yes <laughs> yeah. definitely um, you see people who are like oh I'm, I'm eating this green smoothie and it's so good and you look at the ingredients you're like wow that is really really good and there's no fat and so how are you going to absorb anything if there's no fat in it you know yeah. so it's just it's just those yeah. things that it's like once you get it it's like oh hello, like, of course that makes so much sense. Um, but when you are in the thick of it and you're not seeing the results that you want, or you feel like you've tried everything, um, and you feel like you don't have any options left, I feel like you almost get to a point of desperation where you're willing to try anything. And that's where this diet industry makes so much money. Mm -hmm. Um, sort of cabbage soup diet somehow has success. I don't know. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) Sounds like gas. It sounds terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting too, because the diet industry also capitalizes on the fact that when you do all these crash dieting, like techniques or strategies or whatever, you wreak havoc on your metabolism. You may not know this, but I actually hate going grocery shopping. That's why I swear by Thrive Market. I love that they share my values like sustainable sourcing, and I'm able to get high quality, non-perishable pantry items at a discount. And hey, it gets shipped to my door. Grab the link in the show notes for a 25% discount off your first order. Happy shopping. So I got a ton of questions for you from um, my audience. I want to start with this one because I think it's, I mean, leads right into it is, you know, how for people that have been trying and trying and trying and trying to lose weight and they're just not, how are their hormones possibly playing a part in that? 
Yeah. So I think that's a great question. And it's something that I really like to touch on with everybody, whether they're coming to me for hormonal support or not. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a couple of women who've come to me with fertility issues or PCOS, which is great. But it's also those women who are saying like, hey, I'm like 15 pounds away from my goal and nothing is happening and that scale isn't moving. And that's when I'm like, okay, well, let's take a look at your diet. And then here's this like incredible hormone quiz. Let's kind of take that and and break it down. Um, And you're going to be really surprised. You know, we as women, especially, we think of, okay, our hormones are estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and these sex hormones and it's what helps us with fertility. It gives us our period. It's what happens, you know, we lose some and we gain some, we go through menopause. And if we have too much testosterone, we have weird body hair. Like, you know, it's, that's kind of what we always think, but we forget that our hormones, we've got hormones, you know, um, being produced from our head to our toes. Every hormone in our body sets off a chain reaction with every other hormone. So the hormones that are produced in your brain, your pituitary gland are going to hit the hormones that are produced in your adrenal glands or your thyroid and then your adrenal glands and, and, and they trickle down. So it's kind of like, um, like pipes, right? So if you have a blockage way up top, then everything on the way down isn't going to receive what it's supposed to, right? So the fluid's not going to come all the way down. It's the same sort of thing. If you have one of those hormones off balance, it's going to knock everything else off kilter because those other hormones are either having to compensate or pull back to create a balance in our body. So when the food that we're eating isn't necessarily the right types of food, then those are going to either turn on or off hormones or hormone receptors, and our body's not going to be able to communicate as well as it does. And then that's when we're going to see things like elevated cortisol. Um, We're going to see insulin resistance. We tend to see estrogen dominance, which is like some crazy percentage, like 30 to 50% of women are estrogen dominant which can lead to other issues with your um, thyroid. So, you know, things like cortisol um, are going to get messed up. Your metabolism is definitely going to get messed up. Serotonin levels are going to get messed up. You know, so our hormones, they don't just affect our sex hormones. And it's not simply, oh, my metabolism is going to slow down. It can be something too, as like, I have anxiety, right? You take a look at postpartum women, myself included, I got hit with postpartum anxiety in insane amounts. And, you know, we think about it as like, oh, our bodies have gone through so much change. You know, our, our hormones are out of whack and myself included. Like I go straight to like, well, yeah, like my progesterone is adjusting and yada, yada. But it's like, no, everything is adjusting because it's not, you know, operating for for one and a half people and it's not, you know, growing something else and your diet is going to change inside of that. So when we can really kind of keep an eye on the foods that we eat and try to eat as balanced as we can, and that is taking in enough protein, enough fat, enough carbohydrates, then we're able to kind of put our body into a little bit better balance. Wow. Yeah. That makes so much sense. So for someone that is concerned that they're out of balance, 
you know, what, what are the first steps? Like, I mean, is there like in-home testing that you'd recommend or is it, you know, go to straight to an expert like yourself, you know, what, what are the options for women that are, um, cause that's definitely been something that I've wondered about too. And I'm, we're going to start trying to start a family next year. I, yeah, I, I have like the, that like brain constantly where I'm like, tell me about how your pregnancy journey and, and, and right. you know, <laughs> Did you have a fertility like? like? Right. Yeah. Well, and it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things where there's no reason to stress about stuff before I get there, but I'm like, well, what if I don't have an easy time getting pregnant? Like, right. And it's just all consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then it's like, well, but don't stress about it because I'll mess everything up. So. Right. Yeah. Like, don't stress about it because that too will mess up your hormones and then you're yeah. definitely not going to get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. It, it can be, it can be really, really kind of crazy. I would say, you know, as somebody who works in this field, of course, I want to say like, come to me first, like come to me. But that's really just not how I operate, which I'm sure my husband is like, I wish you did operate like that. Um, <laughs> we don't, you know, there are a ton of resources. I know I have been known to offer my hormone quiz for free. There's a ton of great books um, out that I can show you. I've got some right here. Um, I've actually doctored my hormone quiz from a couple of different well-known authors and doctors in the field. I'm sure like if you go online, you can find some pretty reputable ones, mainly because PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, is rampant in our culture now. And so there are a lot of um, OBGYNs, gynecologists, health coaches, uh, dietitians who work primarily with women with PCOS. And so a lot of times they have some good um, information or quizzes on, um, on their websites as well. And, you know, anybody who is interested in this area, we all kind of have this same similar philosophy. So it's not, you know, one over the other. I think it's mm -hmm. a really inclusive community. But, you know, if, you, if you're really curious, if you find a quiz online or if you talk to me and you're like, you know what, I really want to know, there are a couple of blood tests that physicians can do. And a lot of times you need to know like specifically what blood tests you want to do, or you can go see like a naturopath or an integrative physician and um, they can kind of steer you in the right place. But you, know, you want to kind of look like the C-reactive protein levels, um, things like that. And those are going to kind of let you know how your body breaks down certain nutrients, which can be signs of hormone imbalances. But then there's other topics too of, you know, sometimes like blood tests don't necessarily tell us everything they need to know. You know, it's just like you can sometimes like you, know, you wake up some days and you're like, I just like, feel kind of off today. You know, and my mom is, so I'm from Georgia. My mom, whenever we would have these days, my mom would just say like, wow, like you just have the down yonders today. And it's like, you know what? I do have the down yonders. Like I just feel kind of off. I'm feeling kind of sad. And those are the kind of emotions that are affected by your hormones, um, especially women, you know, different times of month as our cycles, different but, you know, we, we do have those and those are things that can't necessarily be gauged by a, um, by a blood test. Mm -hmm. um, so there's different supplements if people were interested in things like that. I always say any sort of like adrenal supplement is great. Adrenal fatigue is, you know, we all tend to kind of burn the candle at both ends. So when we feel like we're running out of energy or we just can't keep up and we're consuming, you know, too much caffeine or like energy drinks or things like that, a lot of times just kind of craving those types of things or craving a lot of sugar 
those can be signs of adrenal fatigue. So using supplements like rhodiola, holy basil, I know like Gaia, they make a really great like adrenal health, which is a combination of the two, or even just um, adding like ashwagandha or maca, any sort of like ginseng, things like that um, into your uh, supplement regimen, like that can be really helpful too. And just to kind of put you back on track. And so you can kind of start, start back at, you know, your starting point and then instead of starting way back. Gotcha. So when it comes to, you know, kind of working to balance my instinct and what I usually recommend is like, let's start with like the, the, the natural ways, right? Well, let's start with yes. food. Let's start with, you know, herbal supplements, things like that. What is the point where people need to look beyond that? If you are a woman and you're looking for fertility, or if you are, you know, post baby days and, you know, you see changes in your cycle, that's definitely a time where you need to definitely go see a physician. Things, you know, like perimenopause um, can be happening. Um, And even if you are in, in your range of fertility, you know, perimenopause can kind of start from like 34 on. And then in rare really rare cases, it can happen earlier. But I would say like, if you feel like you are eating a whole healthy diet with limited processed food, and you just feel like there's nothing you can do, like you're, you've got your diet down well, you have your fitness is going really well, and you're just not seeing anything. And it's, and it's beyond, I can't just lose these 15 pounds, right? It's, I can't lose 15 pounds. I have zero sex drive. I'm not happy. I feel depressed. Um, I'm not sleeping. I'm agitated all the time. I'm quick to anger. You know, things like that. If you are feeling kind of a culmination of those, then that's definitely time to go see a physician. Or if it's something like I can't manage my period unless I'm on birth control, that's another time to go and maybe talk to your physician about alternate ways. I think, you know, kind of circling back to that, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being on birth control. I love my IUD. I was on birth control from the time I was 18. I think it's great. And it was did wonders for my period. But what also ends up happening is instead of fixing my actual problem, I'm just masking it and kind of letting this medication um, cover it up, right? It's like throwing a blanket over the mess. I'm not really fixing the issue at hand. I'm just masking it for a little while. And then when it's time for me to have children and I come off of the birth control and then I can't get pregnant, well, what's going on? Like I was on birth control, but now I'm not. And why, why, and this, I've been off of it for a couple months and I still can't get pregnant. What's going on? Well, it's probably because there's been this issue all along and you had no idea because you've been on birth control and the doctors are doing what doctors are supposed to do. You come in and you say, I have a problem and they're like, great, here, I have your solution. Sometimes that's not necessarily the best fit. You know, and same with you know, hormonal creams and things like that as well. Okay. A big question a lot of people asked was, what's the deal with soy? <laughs> soy. Um, so a long t- time ago, I learned that soy is terrible for you, right? And we were like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. It's the worst thing ever. Don't give it to anybody. And so I avoided it at all costs. And then I kind of started learning about soy. Um, The biggest issue with soy, so soy and corn are the two most genetically modified organisms in our produce, right? So super high in GMOs, and it's mainly because we can put soy and corn in everything. 
We use corn as filler. We use it as preservative. Um, we use it as sugar. And similar with soy. Um, we use soy lecithin, lecithin as a thickener. We use it pretty much as a preservative. It can serve as a great protein. So soy in and of itself is not that bad. Too much soy can mess with testosterone in young men, especially in puberty. But the amount of soy that they would have to consume in order to do that is pretty large. I encourage everybody, don't run away from soy. I would say limit it and know where it's coming from. So know your sources. Um, you want to make sure that you are getting um, organic soy. So if you're something who is dairy intolerant or just doesn't like dairy and you really like the taste of soy milk, great. Nobody's stopping you, but just make sure that it is um, an organic soy. And then also like reading your labels, just check the back, see what else is in that product. You know, so tofu, pretty great. It's a good form of protein, but make sure that your, your tofu source is an organic source. Um, and anytime you're getting organic, it's usually implied that it is non-GMO, um, but it should also have that label on it as well. You know, we just don't know the extent of which GMOs are going to affect us in the long run. Um, I think sometimes GMOs serve a purpose, and then I think sometimes they just serve a profit. Um, and I think that's kind of what's happening with soy is it, you know, it's, it's cheap. You can mass produce it. it. You can't kill it when you're growing it. And so we put it in everything. And so sure, that's what we're going to blame uh, the obesity epidemic on, right? Like we're putting soy in everything. We're putting corn in everything. It's all, it's ruined. But that's not necessarily the case. If you're eating soy in its nature made state, I think you're fine. If you're like chowing down on some edamame at the Japanese restaurant, rock on. That's awesome. That's delicious. But if you are eating a ton of prepackaged food and the filler in it is soy, you're going to want to avoid that because it's like probably never going to expire. And if it doesn't expire, you probably don't want to put that in your body. <laughs> Just kind of gross. <laughs> you know, no one's ever framed it like that before, but it totally makes sense. <laughs> like I have an end date. You have an end date. I want the food that I'm going to eat to also have an end date. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> weird uh, visuals in my head, but oh, yeah. you know, it really makes sense. Um, <laughs> you, know, you just kind of brought it to mind with, um, you know, Japanese food. A few of my followers are uh, kind of nomadic lifestyles. They do a lot of traveling. And they're wondering, you know, because I, I think we've all experienced like when you travel, you just don't quite feel right. Are there foods that you recommend, you know, like when you're traveling either in foreign countries or on the road in general, which will maybe help balance <laughs> a little bit? Yeah. So um, one of the biggest issues in traveling is like a lot of people aren't going to the bathroom, right? So constipation is a big part of it. I always encourage people to make sure that you are getting a lot of, um, especially with breakfast, a high protein, high fat, high fiber breakfast. Mm -hmm. um, so you really want to make sure that you're getting that protein, you're getting that fat to give you the energy that you need for your day, but you're also getting that fiber so that that protein and fat just isn't hanging out and binding. And you want to be as active as possible too. So um, if you are you know, traveling and you get to be a tourist, you know, take walking tours. If you're traveling for business, try, you know, walking from your hotel to wherever you're having to meet somebody, um, take the stairs instead of the elevator, that sort of thing. And obviously, you know, fit fitness in whenever you can. I 
I love working out, but when I'm on vacation or when I'm traveling, it's just probably not going to happen because I'm off of my routine and I want to go explore. Um, but you know, try doing, you know, maybe like a running tour. Um, my husband was traveling in the spring in Europe and he just went off by himself and threw his running shoes on and did Paris at a, at a quick pace. So that's not how I would enjoy Paris. Um, I would eat croissants and chocolate, yes. <laughs> but like, you know, to each their own. So, but you know, I would pair my croissant with a high fiber protein fat breakfast. So yeah. So, you know, some toast, some eggs uh, and a lot of water. Hydrate is key, especially if you're flying the high altitudes and as you drink your water, <laughs> um, high altitudes, recycled air, that sort of thing, that's going to dry you out. It's going to dry your skin out and um, it's just going to just suck all the moisture out of your body. So water is the miracle cure to everything. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Love it. And we're running, we're rapidly running out of time. It's like, there's so much. <laughs> um, I have so many words. I might have to have you come back on, um, you know, if you want, <laughs> as you drink your water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hydrate. <laughs> um, so the, the last uh, question that I do definitely want to make sure I get to though, is talking about how we can use food and hormones to improve things like acne. Awesome. Acne is closely tied in with hormones and with women, obviously it's closely tied in with our reproductive hormones. So the biggest thing that you want to make sure of is, and I recommend this to anybody coming to me for hormonal health, steer, just do a quick elimination diet. It's kind of a pain in the butt in the short term, but you can kind of pinpoint what it is that's causing those symptoms. So if it's acne, a lot of times it's going to be tied closely with dairy. And if you're going to go on the dairy route, you know, I'm not telling you to abstain from dairy. I'm just making sure, just make sure that the dairy that you ingest is the best quality that you can come by in your area. You know, I live in the DC area and so I am so lucky with the types of foods that are available to me. Um, you know, we have different populations and different cultures. And so pretty much any type of food, any quality of food I want, I can get. When we were living in Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, that's not always the case, right? So conventional grocery store, you know, just grab like the organic milk or skip that and do almond milk. Um, or if you want to kind of go down the rabbit hole, explore different nut milks, make your own. You know, I've tried making cashew milk before. Um, and it's actually really good cashew creamer. I would definitely say start with some sort of elimination diet, whether you are pulling the trigger on like the big four, um, gluten, dairy, corn and soy, or you're just going to pull back on dairy for a little while and just see what happens. I would also encourage if anybody is, especially with acne, um, kind of take a look at how you're managing your stress. Um, stress is going to make us break out, um, and that is directly hormone related. So if that's something that you feel that you are dealing with a lot, I would start researching um, adrenal support and see if that can kind of kickstart a little bit better skin. Awesome. Um, well, this has been such a great conversation. Um, and I would definitely love to have you back on to, to talk more. Oh, this has been um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell me a little bit like where people can find you, what programs you have available. Um, you know, what, what do you got? Sure. So like I said, Sage and Time Wellness, uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook with the handle Sage and Time Wellness. Uh, it's Sage and Time like the herbs. Um, so T-H-Y-M-E, 
not T-I-M-E. And yeah, so I'm on there. I post all the time. You can find me, sageintimewellness.com. I actually am in the process of finishing up my hormone program right now, writing that. Um, And I operate under a great app where I can provide clients with some personalized care as well as put them in programs. Um, But I also have right now a free um, meal planning course on tips on how to meal plan. And then right now during this wonderful period of social isolation, I am giving away meal plans for free on my blog. And that is um, at sageintimewellness.com. And that's really just because things are so confusing right now. We don't need to add like, what are we going to eat? What are we going to feed our kids to the mix? Um, so I'm just kind of sharing what I've done. Um, cause that I love spending time in my kitchen, but understand that not everybody does. So here, there's some quick and easy recipes on there for anybody who's interested as well. So I think that's it. And this has been so fun. Ashley, thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. And I'll, I'll make sure I get all those links, um, in the show notes, both in the live video that's streaming now and then in the replay when I post it um, to all of the things. So, <laughs> but thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, this is a like illuminating conversation and um, I definitely love to have you back on soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good one. You've just finished another episode of the healthy women warriors podcast. If you like the show, can you do me a favor? Go rate and review it. I would really appreciate it. And once you do, post a picture and tag at Ash McGee Coach so I can shout you out. Talk to you next week.